This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. They'll all be here. Family will be here. It'll be a great day for Texans fans. And, Sean, you know, other than playoff games, this might be the loudest a Texans crowd will be uh, what we hear when Watt is introduced of any crowd they've had in history. Yeah, I, I said this morning, John, on our show, because this news came down right in the middle of uh, Payne and Pendergast at, at 9 o'clock, so towards the end of the show. But we spent the whole last hour of the show on it. I think this will be the hottest ticket for sure since the playoff game against Buffalo. And I think it'll be interesting to see. It makes perfect sense to do it in the game against the Steelers because of the Watt family ties to the Steelers. The whole family can be there. It's early in the season. So presumably, you know, if this were a season that we're going sideways and it was in week 14 instead of week four, you never know what the crowd, although I think the, the, the crowd is, uh, I think probably when it comes to J.J. Watt, the crowd would be good any time of year. Um, but given the fact that it's the Steelers and the Steelers are typically a fan base that tends to invade other stadiums, uh, they're a national fan base. This feels like a ticket, John, that I think for the first time in a while, non-season ticket holders who are Texan fans might be seeking out this ticket. This might be their one game for the year. If you're somebody who goes to a game or you've been away from the stadium for a couple of years because the product has been not very good, um, that this could be a game, I think. This could end up being a, a hot ticket, I think, on week four. I think it'll be the hottest ticket of the year. Yeah. Um, by the way, the lowest price I looked on SeatGeek, John, the secondary market ticket app that I've got on my phone here, and the lowest priced ticket for this game is 147 bucks. The game with the next highest lowest price, I guess I'd call it, is New Orleans in week six, 62 bucks. So the lowest price ticket for the New Orleans game is 62. Everything else is in the 20 and $30 range for the lowest price ticket. This one's 147 bucks. Now, some of that is Steeler fans and, you know, supply and demand when it comes to the opposing fan base. But I got to imagine that Watt is playing in the, into this as well, uh, the demand for this ticket. We always we all knew they were going to make the announcement at nine. I was at Fox 26 participating in a tribute to Mark Berman, whose last day on the air is Monday night at about 920. And he was live on the air uh with his tribute with people, family around him, players coming in, players doing videos. And he looks down at his phone as soon as he saw the announcement. And that's how I found out about it because I was waiting to go on. But they'll be talking about that right up until it happens. A lot of former players will be there. Watch that. Made a lot of good friends through the years. So it'll kind of be like a Veterans Day yeah. that we used to see a lot in baseball, and some teams still do that. Yeah. Um, I felt too, John, like, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, you know, JJ, since he got let go from here at his request back in 2021, and he's been an Arizona Cardinal the last couple of years, 
I feel like JJ, he's never, he's, I'm sure had plenty of opportunities where he could say bad things about the Texans. They've given a lot of people plenty of reason to do that over the last couple of years, especially when Jack Easterby was in the building here. Um, JJ never took the opportunities to do that. He's always, I think his connection with the team the last couple of years has been everything, I think, from keeping an arm's length to being very selective about who he does pay compliments to. He never says bad things about anybody, it feels like, even though he might feel them. Um, this feels like the first like real hardcore reconnection with the Texans for J.J. Watt. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Cal McNair reached out to him about this. And and I'll tell you something else. When he does his Zoom call with the Houston media Tuesday after practice, it'll be the first time the Houston media has had a chance to talk to him since he left. And so you know he's going to say all the right things because J.J.'s very smart about what he says, about what he puts on Twitter and, and other social media platforms. But it'll be fun to talk to him again because he was always a great interview, even after losses, when he give one-word answers. Uh, John, what is uh, if you get first question on that Zoom call, what's the first question for J.J. Watt? Well, the first question is going to be what what how he feels about this, no matter – who asked it? Mm-hmm. Um, and no Berman, as you point out, no Berman on that Zoom call. Berman's serious about his retirement. He will not be on that Zoom call on Tuesday. He, he will not be because his last day on at uh, KRIV is on Monday. Yeah. And then he's being, uh, uh, let's see, celebrated at City Hall with Mayor Sylvester Turner. Those two go back to the same dorm at U of H. Really? So he's he's gonna have his hands full. Oh, I didn't know that. They were dorm mates back in dorm the day. Dorm mates, yes, oh they were. Oh my god, that's that's tremendous. Oh wow, that'll be cool. Um, we'll talk more about Berman in a in a second here. All right, so JJ Watt going into the ring of honor. And I guess just last thing on that, John, and I think you've said this on this podcast and other outlets. Um, you think the next Texan to go into the ring of honor will be Jonathan Joseph? I think Jonathan Joseph is the one who's the most deserving after J.J. Watt because him signing as a free agent coincided with the revitalization of this franchise. In uh, 2011, Wade Phillips came in, Watt was drafted, Connor Barwin had missed the year before injured. They had a lot of good players, and they jumped up in the top three in defense, made the playoffs, won their first playoff game, and J.J. played a big uh, – Jay Joe – played a big role in that, as did J.J. So I think Jonathan Joseph, what he meant on and off the field, yeah. where he was always a first-class pro in everything he did and said. That's interesting. Maybe we can hit this a little later in the week. I, I'm, I started thinking as you say that, John. Jonathan Joseph was a great player. He was really good. Not a Hall of Famer, but a really good football player. So I, I wonder, too, this is probably something you and I need some time to think about. Like, how many guys – exist right now retired Texans or maybe even still playing like Hopkins I think is ring of honor worthy he's still playing we'll get to Hopkins in a second like how many Texans uh how many how many human beings are walking around right now that belong in the Texans ring of honor like Joseph Hopkins like do you feel like I know Dwayne Brown is complicated as a player he deserves in but I know that that's a complicated situation with him and the McNairs but like Arian do you feel like Arian Foster is a ring of honor guy Arian Foster, to me, is right up there with Andre Johnson, J.J. Watt, 
DeAndre Hopkins as the greatest players in franchise history. Now, he didn't do it a long time, but he was among the best running backs in the NFL. And uh, Damian Pierce, over the course of the next four or five years, will have a chance to come close to what Arian Foster did. Mm -hmm. Foster played when they ran the ball a lot under Gary Kubiak, and they're going to run the ball a lot under Bobby Slowick. So I can't wait to see if Pierce can come close to doing what Foster did. Okay. That sounds like kind of a yes that Foster belongs in the ring of honor, John. I I think he belongs in there, but I don't know if he'll get in there. It depends on the criteria about longevity. Yep, for sure. I, I think peak Arian Foster is one of the best running backs I've ever watched, you know, when he's healthy. The problem, as you allude to there, is that he only really had four healthy seasons as a as an NFL player. And even those seasons, he had he dealt with little nagging issues from time to time. Um, great player, though. Great player, no doubt. Um, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, John, let's shift gears here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, since you and I last podcasted with each other, um, his visit to Tennessee started yesterday. There was a picture on his Instagram stories of him sitting in a, either a limo or some sort of SUV where they were welcoming him with a TV screen that had him photoshopped into a Titans uniform. So they're rolling out the red carpet in Tennessee. I'm assuming that's still going today, possibly in Tennessee. We can talk about that, but I would say the bigger news is that DeAndre Hopkins is indeed going to visit the New England Patriots. You have staunchly been on that hill of DeAndre Hopkins will not be a New England Patriot as long as Bill O'Brien is there. What are your thoughts that he is, uh, what are your thoughts about him visiting the New England Patriots? Uh, I guess this week, it sounds like sometime. Knowing what I know about what those guys said about each other on and off the record, I'm shocked. But there's a reason people say time heals all wounds. So does money. The Patriots have a need. They have a lot of money if they want him. The Titans were here with Mike Vrabel, was here four years when Hopkins played. And so he knows all about Hop because he's watched him on and off the field. And the problems that Bill O'Brien had were never on the field, of course. I just can't imagine Hop who doesn't like to practice, doesn't like to practice in Arizona. They would go up there and play for Bill Belichick, not like to practice. And all of a sudden, Belichick doesn't let players play that don't practice. But uh, I'm guessing that uh, if he's going to go visit, then Bill O'Brien, whatever he said to to, uh, Belichick, didn't discourage him. No. And these are two teams, John, with an acute need at wide receiver. The page, the uh, Titans, the Titans' passing offense was abysmal last year in the aftermath of trading AJ Brown and drafting Traylon Burks, who didn't pan out last year as a rookie. We'll see what he is in year two, and maybe bringing Hopkins into the fold helps him out. Um, and then the Patriots have a real need at wide receiver as well. I mean, these are two teams. If you're the Patriots, yeah, you don't like that the guy practices, but he's so clearly better than anything else you've got in that receiving core. And I would say, too, with the more so with the Patriots than with the Titans, John, because I think the Titans eventually Will Levis will be the quarterback. It's early with him. But this is a kind of a key year for the Patriots to find out what they have in Mac Jones, is it not? Third year, and then that's where you start to try to figure some things out with these rookie quarterbacks. Before he was cut up, wanted to play with great quarterbacks for some Super Bowl contenders. Well, obviously, he's got two teams that don't have great quarterbacks and are not. Super Bowl contender. So he's going for the money. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. No matter how much money you make, you always want more. They both do have the need, as you said. But Mac Jones is, people are down on Mac Jones. 
right now based on the season he had last year. Was it because they had Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator? Will Bill O'Brien go back to the Patriots and help them have the kind of offense they had with Tom Brady? And uh, nobody knows, but he should certainly be an upgrade over Matt Patricia. That You don't see Bill Belichick making any bad moves, but letting Patricia run that offense, that was one of them. You don't see him make many bad moves that everybody with a brain saw as a bad move from the second he made it. Like, it's one thing to make bad moves. Like, the Astros, like, Jose Abreu has been a bad move. But everybody, not everybody, but I think a lot of people were totally on. I know I was totally on board with it, and I've been among the most critical about it. So I, I do caveat my criticism with that with, hey, I like the signing when it happened. It's just worked out horribly. That Matt Patricia, Joe Judge thing was one from the get-go where everybody's like, okay, what does he do? He's going to hire an OC eventually, right? And he just never did. That was weird. Some people think, because Bill O'Brien had a two-year commitment to Nick Saban, and he coached Bryce Young both years, that maybe there was an unspoken thing that O'Brien would be there after his two-year commitment was up. Right. And that's why Belichick did what he did. Yeah, that, that, John, that is a... <laughs> I, that is a big sacrifice of one of Mac Jones's years under a rookie contract. Now, I don't know if it's true. That's just something that was out there. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just right. No, and I'm gonna. It's a theory, and uh, and I'm poking holes in it by saying, okay, so you you're basically throwing the baby out with the baby. You're throwing the Mac Jones out with the bathwater when you're doing. Well, you that. already did anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I, I think O'Brien's an upgrade over these guys, but to go, you know what? Let's wait a year to get Bill. And we'll have these two clowns run the offense. And it might stunt Mac Jones's growth, but he's just the quarterback. What's the big deal, you know? And a lot of people here don't understand why O'Brien is a big deal in New England. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, the reports up in New England for minicamp and whatnot so far have been pretty positive with O'Brien. Savior. Yeah, he's a savior, John. He is. Oh, my God. Just don't let him near the the GM side of the building. Just let him let him call his ball plays. Um before we get to some for real or fugazis, John, minicamp, mandatory minicamp starts back up for the Texans tomorrow. You'll be out there on Wednesday um, checking things out. I guess what's our first, before we look at, you know, potentially things to watch for at training at, at these mandatory minicamps, I guess the big thing would be attendance. Are we expecting the slew of veterans that weren't at OTAs, the Laramie Tunsils, the Steven Nelsons of the world, there's a handful of others. Are we expecting them to be here this week? Uh, Tonso, he'll be there. Mm -hmm. He doesn't come to the offseason program, even though he's the highest paid offensive lineman in history, because he knows he's going to step in and he's going to play great like he did last year because he's one of the top tackles. And the truth is, him not being there has opened the door for other guys to get experience there. One that I've found hard to believe, Sheldon Rankin's new defensive coordinator, I mean defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. You think he want to impress – the new head coach and the new defensive coordinator, not to mention defensive line coach Jacques Cesaire, but uh, he'll be there. Mm -hmm. Not sure why Steven Nelson's out. Hope it's not because of money, because he's not going to get big money here. But uh, they'll be there, and uh, and I can't wait to uh, see, see Tunsil on Tuesday, and we'll request Tunsil to interview him so he can ask what he was doing. Because last year he said he was handling his businesses. Yeah. So now I'm sure he's got more money. Since he got more money to spend, he's got more business. Yeah, more money, more business. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
Steven Nelson has a new agent. You knew that, right, John? He's a Melageta guy now. No, I didn't pay any attention to his oh, I agent. I paid close attention. I had no those idea. Are the, those are my kind of soap opera storylines, baby. Yeah, Steven Nelson's a Mulligetta guy now. So uh, I would have I would have. As assumed. long as Mulligetta's guy, C.J. Stroud, is there, that's all that matters. Yeah. It matter about anybody else. And Stroud has not signed yet, right, John? Is To not my knowledge? Yet. Okay. Yeah. Has Will Anderson signed yet? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Those guys are slotted, and uh, all some guys are always – holding out because of the technical stuff. Yeah. But it shouldn't be an issue. Texans, they don't have issues with contracts anymore. Yeah. Um, well, they used to not have issues with contracts just because Bill O'Brien would pay uh, 1.5 on whatever the market rate is. You, you rarely have contract issues when you're overpaying for everybody. People seem to love that. I was um, reading a story this weekend about how valuable – DJ Reader is to the Bengals oh. and they're a Super Bowl contender. And I think they gave Whitney Merciless a new contract and let DJ go because he wasn't a pass rusher. Oh my God. Yeah. Neither was Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying that too. Whitney's such a nice guy. But man, that contract. Ugh. Uh, and by the way, for those wondering, Whitney was getting paid to rush the passer and he did not. Um, all right. Uh John, you want to get us some for real or fugazis here? I'd love to. Let's do it. All right, let's do. It. I've got a handful of them here. Um, by the way, um, if you want to, um, if you want to email us, we're going to do a mailbag episode later this week. Email us at um, at houmailbag at gmail.com. That's where you send your questions. And John and I do a mailbag episode every Wednesday. We record, and uh, if, so you get them to us before Wednesday morning. Houmailbag at gmail.com. It can be about Texans minicamp, JJ Watt. Astros, Rockets, anything, mostly football, but uh, whatever it is, life, TV, movies, whatever, hit us with that, and um, we would love to hear from you. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. All right, For Real or Fugazi, those of you who listen know, but those of you who are new to the podcast, For Real or Fugazi, we play it this way. I read a sentence as if it is fact. I pose it to John McClain, and if he agrees with it, he thinks it's true. He says, for real. And if he thinks that I am out of my tree, off my rocker, I'm saying false things, he says. Fugazi. Fugazi. It's Italian for counterfeit. You Sopranos fans know. All right, John, let's get let's uh, get it started here. We'll stick with Laramie Tunsil as a topic. Laramie Tunsil not being at OTAs, given that he's the captain of the team, still no big deal. For real or Fugazi? I think that's for real. I think players understand the situation with a veteran like that who plays well. Uh, it's not like his game's going to suffer, and if it does, it's not because he wasn't at OTAs. All right. So let's. Uh, so yeah, Tunsil, Tunsil being there. No, I th- I like your point that they gave some other guys a chance to get some reps. Um, you know, does it, you feel like it hinders that? Like it's a new offense they're installing here. Uh, you know, is that a is that an issue you think at all with Laramie not being I- there? I don't think it will be with them. I think it'll be pretty simple for left tackle. Most of the time they're going horizontally in this new system instead of vertically. And uh, a guy's going to hurt, and he was there as left guard Kenyon Green recovering from knee surgery. And they used a lot of different left guards. And I'm not sure when he'll come back, if they'll baby him at training camp. But at least he's been there for the mental portion. And that's the most important thing about the offseason program anyway. All right, John, next one. Saquon Barkley is not in Giants minicamp. He hasn't signed his franchise tender yet, so he's not going to get fined or anything. But he is staying away from the team till he gets a new deal. 
for real or Fugazi, John, Saquon Barkley is going to pull a Le'Veon Bell and hold out this season. Fugazi. All he's got to do is look back at Le'Veon Bell's career. Now he's, a what, a boxer, a wrestler, and he's admitted he made a mistake sitting out because once you set out a season, you – and now Trent Williams is the difference. He set out a season here in Houston. He came back, played great for the 49ers, but I think it's easier for an offensive tackle than it is for a running back. And uh, I think he he's they're trying to make the playoffs again. He's going to make $10.1 million. Maybe they'll sign him to a new deal, but I think he will be there. All right, so just as a follow-up to that, John, do you think he holds out at all, or is he with the team by week one? I think he'll be there by week one because that's when the big bucks start coming, and you don't want to lose those game checks. Yeah, I know, but some guys have been willing to lose them more. Well, I guess Le'Veon's probably the last – Biggest one. I just remember Dwayne Brown, John. You and I were saying that whole in 2017, like he's not going to want to lose half a million dollars each week. And like, sure enough, Dwayne Brown was he was willing to do that back in the day uh, with uh, with the Texans. He lost several million dollars. He wanted yeah. to be gone. He came in for one game at Seattle. I remember going to him the next morning saying, "You should have stayed in Seattle. You're about to get traded there." Yeah, and he was. And then they gave him a new deal to help him make up for the money he lost. Yeah. Did you say that to him for real? Like you, you said, just yeah. stay in Seattle. That's where you're going. I did. Yeah, you were right. You were right. Um, all right, next one, John. Um, Dalvin Cook to the Dolphins makes too much sense. For real or Fugazi? For real, it does. He's from there. His college is in Florida, and he's got stuff left in the tank. That guy took his place, Madison. He's under a lot of pressure for a team that went 13-4. and four. It's amazing the players they've let go after a season like that. To get a new GM two years ago, you get a new head coach. Two years ago, you, you, you're going to make changes because a lot of people think that those 10 wins they had by one score – that those were by luck, but boy, it's hard for the fans to be pumped when you've let so many players go. Now there's talk a defensive end Daniel Hunter, who's from Houston, that they're gonna they're trying to trade him as well. And people ask me if he'd be a good fit here. Well, he's gonna be 29. If they can make it work financially, sure. He's a good pass rusher, played 17 games, had 10 and a half sacks. But I think at this point in his career, guys want money. Yeah. And so I don't think they're gonna get that here. Um, as a follow-up to that, I want to circle back to Dalvin Cook in just a second, but my, actually my next for real or Fugazi was along those lines because they cut Cook, they traded Zadarius Smith. You know, they are they. It, it is a weird thing going on in Minnesota for a team that won 13 games last year. For real or Fugazi, the Vikings are cratering for Caleb in 2023. Um, Fugazi, they're not going to be that bad. They know they're not going to be that bad. They still may win the division with a record a lot worse than 13 and four. Everybody's picking uh, Detroit. We know Chicago's not going to be the division winner. We don't know about the Packers and Love, but I'm going to say they're not either. So the Vikings could still win, and I don't think they'd be in any position at all to be able to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or trade up because it would be too costly. I think they must have serious cap issues. Or they got good players behind the scenes Maybe. that they believe in yeah. who are going to be promoted. Okay, yeah. It, it sure feels like the former. It feels like a strip down that's going on there. Cook, by the way, John, the odds uh, online, the Vegas odds, have the Dolphins as even money. So basically one-to-one -one odd. Bet a dollar, win a dollar 
on the Miami Dolphins. The other teams for Dalvin Cook near the top of the leaderboard: uh, New York Jets five to two, Buffalo Bills five to one, Cincinnati Bengals ten to one, Dallas Cowboys ten to one. Dallas Cowboys would be interesting. They've got unless they're going to lean on Tony Pollard a whole lot more, and I don't think he's that style of back that you lean on him. The Cowboys and Dalvin Cook, and we know Jerry Jones likes to make splashes. That that one that one could make a lot of sense as they're trying to keep up with the Eagles this season. And Pollard signed his franchise tag because yeah. that's more money than he ever dreamed about making, but he's coming off an injury. They better get another back. They may be open. Zeke Elliott decides to come back with his hat in hand, taking a lot less money because he's not getting what he wants with other organizations. But Dalvin Cook for the Cowboys is the starter with Pollard rotating like they did before, that would be pretty unbelievable if you're a Cowboy fan. So with the Jets, they got two bags, but Brees Hall's coming off the knee surgery, but they're all in on this season. I don't see them being the team. Thought Denver might be, but uh, that story up there is not going to be the Broncos. So it's almost like it's Miami or bust, yeah. which is not good for him getting paid. He needs competition. Yeah. Do you think Chase Young gets traded by Washington, John? Boy, they got a good defensive line. Um, if they don't trade him uh, by the deadline, I'd want before I trade him, I'd want to see him healthy. He hadn't been healthy, and that they'd want a lot for him, and he's going to yeah. want a whole lot of money if he stays healthy. I'd wait till the trade deadline, find some Super Bowl or playoff team that needs a pass rusher, and then unlock right, a few. A few more for real or Fugazis here, John. Non-football variety. Uh, for real or Fugazi, the Astros' 2023 season is cursed. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to say Fugazi okay. because, yeah, they got injuries. But how do you account for all the players who are healthy, who are real good, not playing the way they're capable? Yeah. They last outing. It's, it's, last outing. Javier yeah. didn't pitch the way he's capable. Fromber didn't. Hunter Brown lost two in a row. Those guys need to play. And so, yeah, I mean, Alvarez gets hurt every year, so that's not surprising. No. Um, all right, John, for real or Fugazi, there's rumors circulating that the Rockets, if they don't get James Harden, could be in on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving coming to the Rockets would have you questioning your Rockets fandom. For real or Fugazi? For real. Yeah. James Harden would have me question it. Kyrie <laughs> Irving would make me not pay any attention to him because the guy hurts every franchise he goes to. I just don't understand. they got a good thing going with young players. They're going to get another one fourth overall if they don't trade up. Yeah. And why would you want to expose them to two guys with the attitude, the culture, and the character that they have displayed? Yeah, I just – the Kyrie thing, man, I've just – there's there, – I went through these numbers on the show today, this morning. I He's – Without LeBron James as a teammate, he's never been a part of a team that's made it past the conference semifinals. He was he was on the roster with the Celtics when they made it to the conference finals in 2018, but he didn't play that postseason. They made it to the conference finals without Kyrie Irving, and he was supposedly their best player. And he just leaves, man, he just leaves a trail wherever he goes, man, whether it's demanding out of Cleveland or all the chicanery, you know, the on again, off again stuff with the Celtics his last year there. Obviously, the Brooklyn thing was kind of crazy all the way around with Durant and Harden and, and Kyrie. You know, Kyrie was the craziest of the three. And then Dallas, just the most recent one. Dallas traded for him thinking that was going to get them in the mix in the West. 
they wind up tanking games at the end of the year just to make sure they get to keep their pick in the lottery. It was, it was crazy. I don't, I don't, I, Kyrie sizzle reel is great. If you watch him on YouTube and just his highlights, he's incredible, but man, he just does not bring winning with him anywhere that he goes. And who would have thought that when he came into the NBA after watching his college career of every team he's been in, do you see any players, any media, any fans say that that team made a mistake getting rid of him? Or they do they long for Kyrie Irving? No. Not that I think. Not that I can think of, for sure. All right, last one, John. For real or Fugazi, Mark Berman will still break news even in retirement. Fugazi. He's he's out. Uh, he's He doesn't want to have anything to do like that anymore. I don't even know if we'll see him in town. He lives outside town. And uh, he told him at Fox, if he can help the new guy, he'll do anything they need him to do. But uh, he's been talking to me about retiring for over a year. Now it's come to fruition. I do not see Mark doing that. Do you think he, like, shows up at games, like, as a fan and things like that? Or do you think he just totally unplugs? He will totally unplug, but he and I and his grandson, Jackson, will be going to some uh, Astros games together. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's good. I hope to see him still around. I like Mark a lot. He's uh, he is the man. Who's going to break all the news now, John? Uh, the guys, the people that are happy that he's retiring are his competition. Yeah. And nobody's going to do what Berman did. Berman right. wrote more stories. He's the best reporter I've ever seen, print or broadcast. And he does a lot for Houston, does stuff, high schools. Uh, I've had so many players through the years with other teams say, how's Mark Berman doing? I said, how do you know Berman? I'm from Houston. Yep. He was at my house with me and my parents when I was in high school. Yeah. So he's going to be missed by a lot of people, and I hope. The uh, viewers at Fox understand what an important part of the Houston sports scene he's been. John, I as a as a colleague, and I almost feel like stretching when I call a colleague because I think Berman is without peer. But I just think of the stuff he provides for us. You know, just the the videos that he puts up. Content for people in our business, just in terms of he's the one hustling out there to get interviews and things like that, that others are not willing to go do that work. I mean, a lot of it with Berman is just plain hard work, you know? So his work ethic and his pride in his job. He never had an opinion. I told him one time, I said, I bet your footballs are sore from straddling the fence all the time, but he's, <laughs> that's what he was all about. Getting stories, getting scoops, getting news. All right. A reminder to all of you out there, if you want to get this podcast, you don't feel like having to seek it out. Uh, certainly, we're going to be tweeting out. We love the new video feature that we've been able to tweet out videos here. Uh, James Jackson, our producer, is doing a great job of getting those videos to us, and we're pushing them out on social. Uh, we'll be up on a YouTube channel pretty soon as well. Um, but that Odyssey app is the best place to uh, subscribe, get the podcast. But wherever it is you get your podcast, hit that subscribe button so that you get it automatically. You don't have to think or do anything. We just spoon feed it right to you. Um, John, what do you got going on this week with minicamp going on? What do you got going on on Sports Radio 610? The Texans on the first day of the minicamp are making Cal and Anna McNair available. Then Ooh. they're going to have a Zoom with J.J. Watt. Then they'll have D'Amico, Ryans, and multiple players. They'll have D'Amico and the players next two days. So I'm going to get enough information to write about all through the off time. 
Plus, I'll be doing uh, Astros columns and Rocket Draft columns. And I have one coming up on Mark Berman on SportsRadio610.com, which is free, free, free. Yeah, it is free, free, free. Absolutely. And you can get all that. John tweets it all out at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. If you're watching us on video, you can see it on uh, right underneath uh, John's uh, handsome face right there. Um, so, John, uh, always enjoy it. And uh, we'll do a mailbag episode again later this week. Thank you, and thank James, and I look forward to Wednesday. All right, good stuff. To Yes, to James Jackson, our producer, for uh, getting this podcast up and out to all of you. Does a fantastic job doing that. And thank you to all of you for subscribing, listening, uh, giving us a review where you feel the need to do that. We love good reviews. We love any reviews, but especially the good ones. Give us that review as well. Um, and again, mailbag at gmail.com. For John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you later this week for the next episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Thanks for listening.